Hi everyone, welcome to the Understand the Bible podcast. After a brief gap, we're back on Galatians this week. We're looking at Galatians chapter 3 verse 23 to chapter 4 verse 7. And we're thinking about outgrowing the law, how the law was our guardian until Christ came. And just to remind you that I have been uh, working on a series on YouTube, which is How to Live as a Christian. And uh, last week we were looking at prayer. This week we are looking at Bible reading. And next week we're thinking about the church. And it's a, a nine-part course looking at how to live as a Christian. So if you that would interest you, do have a look. Or perhaps you could pass it on to people you know who might be interested. It might make good uh, home group, study group material. So thanks so much everyone for joining me. I hope that you enjoy. See you soon and uh, God bless. Well, one of the, uh, the things about children is that you need to treat them differently, don't you? Um, that uh, children and adults should be treated differently. That children need constant uh, guiding and supervision and, and rules, don't they? You know, clean your room, um, eat your dinner, eat nicely, use your knife and fork, say please and thank you, and all of those sorts of things. We say that to children, and, and we say that so that they'll become responsible adults, and so that they won't need the, the, the constant reminders. Well, that's the thing with uh, with the law. Paul says that the law. Was a, was a guardian, something for, uh, for children, in a sense. And that's what we're going to be looking at today. Uh, remember that two weeks ago, we thought that the law was like a prison. That was the first thing. And he starts out and says, we were held in custody under the law, locked up until the faith that was to come and be revealed. So he says the law is like a prison. And then he goes on to say, so the law was our guardian. That's uh, verse 24. So guardian, he means there someone, I think the word meant something like one who would accompany a child and look after it going off to school or, or making sure that it was safe and, and that um, it was protected. He or she was protected until they reached maturity. So that's the, the point of a guardian. And we still have that today, don't we? Guardian is, you know, you can have a legal guardian. Someone who's not your, uh, your, your well, a mother and father can be a legal guardian, is, but uh, it can be someone else as well, a legal guardian, uh, if a child is um, an orphan or, or, or something like that, um, to make sure that they, are, they reach maturity safely. And, um, and that's what he says the law was, until Christ came that we might be justified by faith. Um, and we've been thinking about this, haven't we? Until the gospel came, until Jesus came, when we could be made righteous, not through obeying the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. But now that the faith has come, he says, verse 25, we are no longer under a guardian. So in the same way that you wouldn't find, you know, once a child had reached the age of, um, whatever the legal age is, 16 or 18, they wouldn't have a guardian anymore. So Paul says... Uh, Jesus has come, so we don't have the guardian anymore. And so then he goes on to say, So in Christ Jesus, you're all children of God through faith. So we are, we are children of God in Christ Jesus. In Christ, by the way, is the Paul's, Paul's way of referring to Christians. 
If you're a Christian, Paul says, you're in Christ. And he uses that phrase over a hundred times in all of his letters. It's, um, that's how he refers to us, in Christ. Um, and he says we are children of God through, through faith. So we've been adopted by God into his family in Christ. So we're children now, children of God. He says all of you who were baptised into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There's neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. So he says, remember, we've been thinking about this distinction between Jew and, and Gentile, which was a, a huge thing at the time. I mean, it's, it's impossible really to overstate how big of a, of a divide uh, that there was at that time. And, and Paul says, no, there's, there's Jew or Gentile, that distinction... Uh, slave or free, man or female. When it comes to salvation, Jesus is the only way for all of us. And it doesn't matter where you're from, it doesn't matter whether you're male or female, it doesn't matter whether you're rich or poor, what job you have, anything like that. The, the only thing that matters when it comes to knowing God is faith in Jesus Christ. And that is where our unity is. And he goes on to say... Um, if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Do you remember that um, the, the Judaizers, whoever they were, who were um, leading people astray in Galatia, had been making a big thing, we think, about being um, children of Abraham. And Paul says, no, no, if you belong to Christ, then you're a child of Abraham. That's being a true child of Abraham. And it, it, it makes me think, actually, this about, um, about unity, because I think unity and diversity, particularly diversity, you know, we like our government and the, the media, they love to talk about diversity, don't they? But I think often the kind of diversity that, um, that the, the media and the government like to talk about is a kind of box-ticking diversity where they like to get people who look different, but basically think the same sort of thing. Um, but actually, uh, I think the gospel is true diversity. You know, it doesn't eliminate our differences, but it, it actually makes us grow into the individuals that God wants us to be. But we form, we come together to form the church and to, to form one people. And that's how God intended it to be, that, that it's a unity in diversity. And it's a unity in Christ. And that is where um, true unity and true diversity come together. And that, that, that is in Christ. So uh, Paul then, he, he goes on to say, um, What I am saying is that as long as an heir is underage, he's no different from a slave. Um, he's still subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. So you might think about a a child of a, a, you know, a rich man, a millionaire, and um, perhaps the, the father dies, the parents die, and the, the, the child, while he's underage, the money is, is held in trust for him. He doesn't have access to all of it. He can't, he's, the money's coming to him, he, it belongs to him, in a sense, but he doesn't have access to it. And that's what Paul is saying, that uh, while... Uh, we were underage, we were in slavery, this is what it says in verse 3, under the elemental 
spiritual forces of the world, which is one of these phrases that um, people have been debating for hundreds of years, and I think probably means something, you know, just Paul talking about the law, um, but it could be something slightly different, but it, it doesn't really matter to his argument that we were, bef- before Christ came, it was like slavery. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship, so that we might be adopted. And the phrase there, I don't know if it, it uses um, the phrase there, oh yes, here we go, there's a little footnote in the Bible which says, the Greek word for adoption to sonship is a legal term referring to the full legal standing of an adopted male heir in Roman culture. So this is why they've, they've translated it that way, because um, uh, if you're, whether you're male or female, um, if you're adopted to sonship, you get the full rights of an heir. So that's why it doesn't just say adopted as a child, but it, it means that you have the full rights of the, the legal heir. And that's what we have when we, we come to Christ, when we have by faith in Christ. Uh, so Jesus came to, so that we could be adopted by God and to redeem us from the law, to redeem us from slavery of, of the law. And he says, because you are now his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you're no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you're his child, God made you also an heir. So we are now truly God's sons in that sense, that we are truly children of God. We're heirs to the promise. And we can call God Father. By the power of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit who sent to us, who calls out uh, Father, calls out Abba Father, in fact, that kind of, not just a a distant Father figure, but a, you know, um, one you love, and one you trust. And this is really significant, isn't it? That the, the law kept us in prison, it was our guardian, kept us in slavery. But now Jesus has come, he he redeemed us, and he sets us free as children of God. It's interesting actually looking at this passage with the parallels with what we were doing on a Sunday morning in Acts chapter 10 and 11. Because there are a lot of of parallels about how at that time the, the Jews and the Gentiles were, I mean the Jews wouldn't even eat with the Gentiles, wouldn't go into their houses. But this passage is saying, no, we come together as children of God. And the unity is not through the law, but is in Christ. And that's the point of that famous verse there in verse 28. Either Jew or Gentile or slave or free, or male or female, you're one in Christ Jesus. And that's the point of it. But all of us alike... Um, whether we're Jew or Gentile or you know, whatever background we come from, uh, or every distinction, which uh, earthly distinction, we all need to be justified by faith in Jesus Christ. That's the only thing that matters. And that's the thing that brings us together. So the gospel is the thing that truly unites us, that, that truly brings us together. 
unlike um, these kind of um, secular uh, diversity um, drives that, 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 that we have in society at the moment, which tries to, tries to either throw different people together uh, or tries to make everyone think the same. That's usually the way that, that it works in, in, in earthly terms. Either tries to make everyone get along by making them the same, or tries just to throw them together and say, just get along, just, just get on with it. But actually, what, what the gospel does, what God does, is he makes us children, and he brings us together in his family. And that's how real unity actually works. And this is why I think that so much of the time, the way that the secular world tries to achieve um, diversity and unity doesn't really work. And that's because we're trying to achieve things in a way which is not, not godly. But actually, in the church, we should, be, we should be united because we're all children of God in Christ. And we now obey God as sons. And this is something which, at the, the time, the Judaizers, they misunderstood about the law. Which is this, that the, the law was given after God made the promise to Abraham, after God rescued the people from Israel. The law was an expression of their relationship to him. The relationship came first, and then the law came. And this was God saying, you, I, I've made you children. Now this is how, this is out of love, how I, I want you to, to, to follow. So the law was always supposed to be an expression of our relationship with God. And that's something that they didn't understand, the Jewish people at, at that time didn't understand. Um, but this is, this is um, the good news, that now that our obedience to God is based on our status as a child of God. It's like um, asking, um, you know, a child, if I, if I say to Lydia and Zoe, you know, please would you tidy your room or make your bed or something, then I hope that they'll do it because of our relationship, because of I, they know that I love them and that they want to obey me and please me, not because I'm just giving them commands for no reason. And that's like how, how it should be with us and God. So we obey him, it's different now. Christ has come and we obey him because we are children of God, not because we, are, we do it out of fear. And we're going to be looking at this. This is what Paul goes on to talk about through the rest of Galatians. So do um, stay tuned, uh, especially in Galatians chapter 5 and 6, we'll come on to how obedience actually looks like. Um, but I just want to leave it there and just say it's different now that we are we are children of God and we are one in Christ. So let's take a moment to pray as we as we finish. And so, Heavenly Father, we pray that you would uh, truly make us one in Christ, and we thank you, Lord, that it is true that uh, the thing that matters now is faith in Jesus Christ. And we thank you, Lord, that you bring us together in a way that nothing else can. And we pray that you would help us to, uh, to truly uh, express that unity in our church, to be able to come together around the gospel.
and find that, that unity in diversity. And we pray that you would help us to be able to obey you and to, to live, uh, live lives of love to, to you and to others as your children. And we thank you, Lord, that um, you, Christ came to redeem us from slavery to the law. And we pray that you would help us now uh, to understand what that means in the way that we live. In Jesus' name, amen.